Good morning and welcome to NFTs Live. I'm your host, Tyler D. It is Friday, November 5th, a sunny but cold fall day in Chicago. I'm in a great mood. The NFT markets are showing signs of life. I've got my main man, Skyhook, on with me today, and we've got a lot to cover. Today, we're going to hit X Copy's new all-time high set yesterday. We're going to cover Coinbase's new preview and what you may have missed from that video. Some takeaways from NFT NYC. We're going to hit the market movers and surging cryptodes. Serialite's big sale in one of Wonderland this week. We're going to quickly hit blue chip PFPs and art blocks. And then we've got an interview with Ricky Sanders talking his new project, the NFT League, the evolution of fantasy on the blockchain, and more. So an action-packed show for today. But first, Sky, how you doing, my man? Doing well. Appreciate being back on. Um, it's it's heated up since we talked last Friday a little bit. Um, not, of course, a full bull run that we love, but good good to see some action across some of our favorite projects. Um, and that Coinbase uh, video really got it going. Uh, I'm excited for what's ahead this quarter. Me too. Well, let's, let's get into it. So top news for today. We're going to start with Xcopy. I'm going to pull up the super rare page here. Uh, the piece is called A Coin for the Ferryman. It's from 2018. It was bought yesterday afternoon, early evening for 1330 Ethereum, over $6 million um, from JPEGI. So we, there was some internet sleuthing already on who the buyer was. They have ties to Fingerprints DAO, one of the most established and highest value DAOs out there. Um, just breaking down this sale a little bit. Let's look at the history. So this piece was bought three years ago for 0.5 ETH, $139 at the time. Held it for three years, turns around and sells it for $6 million. Um, just an iconic piece. So a few takeaways from my perspective just cementing X copies, number one, he's the number one OG crypto, crypto artist. No one else is really commanding these types of values. Um, there are multiple buyers as well. You know, we've seen Cosmo. Now this is a new buyer that wasn't even on anyone's radar. So that speaks to the interest in the market. Um, the, the character pieces. So I've been talking to folks and see like, why do some X copy pieces go for higher values than others? It seems a big trend is the, the characters. Um, so some of XCopy's pieces don't really have the, the characters or individuals. They're more just like static or, you know, glitch without, without those. So that's a, a reason why this is such a valuable piece. And again, it's from 2018, so older. Um, and then it's continued to reinforce my belief that we will see a nine-figure XCopy sale this decade. I think we'll see an eight-figure sale within the year. Um, mm -hmm. So big, big news from XCopy. Maybe even bigger news, Coinbase's preview video that they launched yesterday from their head of product on Twitter. He showed the video. I encourage everyone to go ahead and take a look at this vid. Um, he, he goes through, he walks through the user experience, essentially how the, how the sign-up process and how the initial onboarding will work. But there's two big surprises from, from my perspective. One it's not just a marketplace. This looks like it's going to be a social network. You'll have the ability to display your NFTs. You'll have the, the ability to have followers and then showcase a curious of your NFTs to them. 
Additionally, the biggest takeaway is you don't need a Coinbase account. They're letting anyone plug in. Anyone with a MetaMask can plug in and use the marketplace. So this is some, some huge news. Sky, what's your, what's your reaction to, to the preview we saw yesterday? I think it's twofold. Um, you know, if you start with one the ability that anybody can quickly jump on. I think that's almost probably the most important thing um, that the hopefully barrier of entry can be quicker um, on here for some. Um, We're out in front of a lot more uh, people than we were in just OpenSea alone. But me personally, I love the social side of it. You know, the fact that it's going to either a ramp up FOMO or ramp up not even in a, not in a bad way, but just the ability to see your favorite collectors adding or liking or buying a certain collection and what's going to, to continue to follow that. We've talked about our friends at IC Tools a lot and their address book is something we can personally build out, you know, have maybe 50 people or addresses we follow, but to have a, an actual social feed of it, I think that really builds into this, this era that we live in right now. And it, it really excites me for what's about to come. Yeah, I totally agree. It was one of the features of, of Twitter's new functionality that I was excited about. Now Coinbase is doing it. And it's something that OpenSea lacks, right? It's, it, there's no easy way to go and, and check on the, the people you follow's pages, right? You have to know their address. You have to navigate there. This is going to change that. It, it definitely feels like a step into the metaverse and how we'll be interacting with NFTs going forward. Is this good game, OpenSea? What, what do you think? Um, I, I don't know if it's necessarily that. I, I mean, I feel like they've built in such a ease of use for the last six, nine months for, for a lot of these collectors, but we all are going to bring it, you know, into, I think, whatever the easiest and best type of thing is going to be. Um, there was a good conversation on Lucky Traders uh, show last night. But they said it was just kind of like, okay, we all did MySpace, you know, when we were in, in high school, college, beyond that, it went to Facebook, then Twitter, Instagram, you're always going to chase the best, the next best thing. And then you back it up. The next one is learning from it. I'm sure Coinbase has learned so much from OpenSea's faults. Um, so they're probably prepared to take that and run with it. I know we have other platforms that are on its way too, that I'm excited. So competition is always good for us consumers. Totally agree. That's another huge takeaway from this. Competition is good. Some more pressure on OpenSea. They're not just going to be the dominant player. Win OS token. We're all waiting. Yes. yes. Please. All right. Let's get to our next story. Uh, Sky, I'm going to let you take us through this one, but we're wrapping up the end of NFT NYC. Huge event, you know, showing a, a picture here of the Times Square billboards with NFTs all over them. That's been a theme of the week. Catch us through some of the updates and some, maybe some of your takeaways. Man, FOMO was at a peak for me uh, over the past week. I think it's been something that I really, I got to share, you know, my one-on-one experience with another board ape holder, um, you know, in Hawaii, but just the aura of what NFT NYC, I think brought through these events. Ape Fest for me personally was something that I really followed. Um, You know, you see a lineup of, you know, incredible musicians one up there you had comedians Chris rock was up there you had actors that were up there you had just people that i think are so like-minded attending that's almost the coolest thing i think as we get to this point in our lives as collectors is you're seeking out people that you want to spend time with that are like-minded and we find that with a lot of common interests and that's what you got to do for a week i know 
a lot different sides of Twitter made of made fun of the different people waiting in line or a lot of things. And I just kind of, you know, that's their own tea that they can deal with. But it's for me, you know, it is, it does matter. Community really matters. Ape Fest looked like a heck of event. The Top Shot event, Quavo playing looked unbelievable. The Creature World event, um, you know, I saw a lot of people out there. Danny Cole looks like a madman. Um, and then painting with Velocious looked unbelievable. Um, you know, just kind of that one-on-one experience a lot of these people got to have um, with some big-time people in the space. Uh, that's just something that I think makes this all our, our lives. You know, being a part of the communities, getting to know these people that we are so familiar with behind profile pictures that uh, I'm making sure I'm there next year. You know, no excuses. I, I want to be a part of these events. Um, I know there's been little pop-up shops at you know in Chicago on a couple different things and, and like that, but. I think it's just important to have that experience and can build friendships more than, than what we have. So yeah, I, uh, I really wish I was there and it seemed like it went incredibly well. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Definitely anchored in some FOMO for me. Um, but I was also fortunate enough to debrief with some of the, the top players and collectors who attended the event and get some kind of trickle down alpha. And I want to share those with our listeners. So basically the mindset it, from the big players is NFTs aren't going away. Certainly a little unclear what the next few months look like if ETH continues to rip. But the top collectors price in ETH, they don't price in USD. So the, you can forget about the thought that you know, these pieces are never going to recover in, in ETH terms of ETH rips. That's just not the reality, at least at the, at the higher end. Um, other pieces that we're learning is some of these top whales have no intentions to sell ever. So when you talk about supply and supply crunches that are on the horizon, you know, there is a lot less supply in some of these sets than folks may realize. Um, the, the view on Coinbase, Coinbase is going to launch Q4 with some minimal functionality, more bells and whistles in Q1. That's absolutely going to be a game changer and just overall a really bullish sentiment. So I certainly was re-energized hearing that from some of the top players. And I, I think you, you listened to some of the feedback as well. So mm-hmm. I think we're both feeling pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's it's a perfect timing too, and you can see the activity across OS. Obviously, has decreased too, but I imagine. I mean, that's a lot of why the players are there too. They're not spending the time on their phones, um, you know, minting and doing uh, buying different collections. So it's kind of a you know. Hopefully, we see this uptick as we rise uh, over the end of the year and in the next year. Yeah, they they were all busy partying for a week, and no one was buying <laughs> any NFTs. Uh, but now they came back, and some of them actively started buying. Maybe on the train ride home. We'll cover that. So let's get into our market update. Going to show the three-day board from our friends over at IC. So top of the board, Parallel. You know, Parallel has been really dominating the week. They've been top of the board really since the drop from past Saturday. Um, So certainly a a ton of market interest there. But the the true headline, you love to see it, the Cryptotes back in second on the board, over 1,200 ETH traded in the last three days. So I, I mentioned, uh, you know, a friend of the show, Anonymous, I think we caught wind on his train ride home from NFT NYC. He went and swept the Toad's floor. I think he bought 13 or 14 at that first buying spree. And then he got up to like 19 or 20. That set that market on fire a bit. The floor went from 3.5 to 5 ETH there, really in about a day. Then last night we saw 888, jump in and buy quite a few as well um, marshmallow was too i saw a couple buys oh yeah marshmallow uh big big fan of the toads matt sure actually was rocking the toads hat this morning mm-hmm. before we went out to play golf um 
I want to show this chart from a new Twitter account. They go by Esper underscore labs called NFT market intelligence. Uh, they showed this, this floor trending chart on their Twitter page. It's actually one I, I hadn't seen before. Um, it's a cool view. Really. You can just see the impact that one big buyer can have in the market in such a quick time frame. So anonymous buys all these, the market sets uh, into a frenzy. And then what you can see on the, on the right, this was essentially the supply chart as of November 3rd, 1400 listings. And then a day later, listings go down by about 130. And then the path up to that 15th floor, which is where it used to be, drops by that 130. So this was a really interesting visual. We hadn't seen this. It's a nice way to see, you know, really the how much supply is out there to get to really churn through to get to those next levels. So curious to see, you know, more from uh, Esper Labs here. Yeah, I think to your point before to the next one, I mean, these floors can be very thin very quickly. I mean, Cool Cats bounce back as well. You know, I, I don't think they're on the, the three-day chart yet to that level, but they bounce back. Uh, Doodles had almost like a 50% increase in price uh, in a short window. Some of these bigger projects can absolutely rip quickly when we return. And actually, uh, another piece that got me even more bullish on Toads, I was looking through the IC page. So they've got leaderboards now where you can see who the top holders, the top traders are in every collection. I was just browsing through some of the names in the Toads. There's folks who have over 100. G Money's got 28. Anonymous isn't even in the top 20 holders of Toads. Uh, it made me even more bullish looking at it. But we'll see where, where it goes from here. Back to the board. The rest of the top five, they've got a common theme. It's apes. It's ape week. I know folks got the FOMO from missing Ape Fest or what? Got Ape Club in third on the board. Mutant Apes with over a thousand ETH traded is seen as that the lower cost entry into that ecosystem. Uh, I think they went up as high as three eight. They're uh, they're sitting around three six three eight here this morning. Uh, and then Desperate Ape Wives, wives for everyone who who has their apes out there, rounding out the top five. Scott, you touched on Doodles a bit. They've been surging. I also want to hit on a few drops that, that we're not seeing on the top of the leaderboard, Quantum and NBA Top Shot. Do you want to maybe talk a little bit about what we saw from Quantum this week? Yeah. Um, so quick TLDR for those that aren't familiar with Quantum, Justin Aversano, who is the Twin Flames creator, arguably the number one photo uh, collection. I don't even know if it's arguably, you know, has 190th floor, best photo collection out there launched what I'm referring to as the art blocks of the NFT photography world. First drop was on Monday, Anxious Pleasures by Amy Elkins. In order to have that uh, be minted, you needed to have a mint pass, which those were the ones that were about six ETH still sitting around there. Um, Amy Elkins has not seen any secondary action on the actual quantum collection. But the two that dropped afterwards that were public mints, which was Anthony R or Alberto Rizzo, excuse me, not the uh, old Cubs Rizzo, um, Alberto Rizzo, who um, was more of like a 60s, 70s dance photographer, um, like freelance guy who's very popular um, in his era, had his collection out of 100 drop. And then Chris Graves, um, they did a Dutch auction starting at 3.33, and it was quickly down to minting out at about 0.65. Both of those collections now sit with a floor above two and a half ETH. Uh, one, maybe Graves is about two ETH um, right now. But the 
interesting question when it comes to photography NFTs is, is there enough of a buyer pool out there? We've seen right around 40 secondary purchases between those two collections over a three-day time period. You know, Artblocks at its hype drops, we'll see 40 purchases within 10 minutes. So we are either seeing A, an illiquid market, or B, a holders wants to be early to the adoption of photography NFTs at this type of level and doesn't want to let it go. Um, you know, I think the biggest sale was five ETH on one. So I think there, if you, if you are wanting to play the mint and flip game, it's not as much of a foolproof system um, because that buying pool is not um, super liquid. They have another drop next week, Thursday, Sally Davies um, out of 78, it'll be 0.55 public mint. If it's going to be like Alberto Rizzo's that sold out in about 90 seconds. Um, so you have to be all aboard it if you want to go for this, but you may be left holding, holding it longer than you typically would be if you're somebody like that likes to mint and flip. Totally agree. I caution anyone looking to, to flip. I don't, I don't see the buyer pool yet for these NFTs. Certainly the, the thesis here on playing this week is it's a bet on Justin Abrasano. It's a bet on this new platform, which certainly mm-hmm. I've made similar plays. I've avoided, I, just, I haven't had time to dive in and really wrap my head around this yet, but certainly one to watch. Then quickly NBA Top Shot. NBA Top Shot launched their Series 3 yesterday. Um, a lot of negative feedback out there on the drop format. So users were able to purchase up to 10 packs. The line took hours to work through. I know I was in line at one point and actually just left my spot. Um, you know, folks frustrated that some were able to buy 10 and they weren't able to get a pack. And then the, the supply continues to, to increase. So we'll see how series three continues to go here for NBA top shot. <coughs> that takes us through our top drops. And market update. Let's go ahead and get into one of ones. So we touched on X copy. That was, of course, the number one headline from one of Wonderland this week. Number two, Searlight continues continues to submit his place as a top artist. Sells this piece, Hunter N, for 100 ETH just days after putting it on the market. It's a new buyer. So at Demi Lane a supposedly new whale who's entering the space. So a big splash first buy from that person. We'll see what else is on their list. Um, other news for Searlight, the Capsule House, the first raffle is going to be this weekend for one of Sears' original pieces, highly anticipated for all caps holders. We actually saw a, a bit of a, a floor sweep last night. So I'm very curious how that raffle goes and a potential secondary for that, for the, that first piece. Moving forward, this artist at WLOP, probably second headlines in one of one world this week, sold three pieces, one for 40, two others for 20 ETH. Uh, you can see their, their style, this you know, sing, singular woman in different poses and, and frames. So very distinctive. You can immediately, immediately you know, pick these up right away, who the artist is. Very distinct, very recognizable. So I can certainly see the draw there. Other headlines, it's really been a fairly quiet week as most of the big players around NFT NYC. Uh, Anonymous is back and buying. He bought uh, a NeuroColor piece yesterday evening for around 18 ETH. Uh, very cool piece. We'll post that in the show notes as well. 
Uh, quick, my takeaways on the one-of-one market right now. Super Rare had its record-breaking month in October, but I feel like it's whales that are dominating. You know, most of that record-breaking is probably on the back of Starry Night Cap and just a few others. So I, I, we don't really see that whole much of a mainstream buying pool yet in Super Rare. Um, I do think eventually that will change, uh, but it's an area – of the most opportunity, but the hardest work right now. So I'm very curious to continue keeping uh, my, my pulse on this sector of the market and, and see where it goes. That's one of ones. Let's get into blue chip PFPs. Um, we'll start with the punks briefly. I'm not going to show the Larva Lab page. Punk four down a bit here, 5%, sitting around 91.9 here for the female punks, 94 for the males this morning. Uh, we see the Kongs sitting at 99. Those are down a bit on the week. We've got the Bored Apes. Where are they here? Okay, so they're down about 13%. Was this surprising to you, Sky, seeing the, the, the dip for the Apes? I think it just it, – it leans itself to sitting around a USD price, it feels like, right now. Um, you know, that floor got up to about 36. Uh, ETH ran, you know, about 5%. We saw that floor retrace um, a little bit more. It's about 150K USD. It's right about the floor most times. Um, but I would feel that, I guess I was a little bit, the, the one surprise thing is it almost feels like normally apes and punks would go before cool cats and toads. It would just be the trickle down. So the fact that the mid tier ran before the top tier, a little bit different kind of than some of the historical stuff we have seen. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, take us through your thoughts on Cool Cats here. So those dipped quite a bit. I think we saw some some sales in the fives. Actually, I feel like Cool Cats are kind of cementing their places around 30% above the Toads. Toads bounce back. We saw the, the cats bounce back. Sitting around down 6% on the week, kind of in line with the rest of the market. How are you feeling about the cats? Yeah, I mean – I think a bounce back is always a, a good sign that people still have the interest. Um, it's been a elongated process waiting for the milk token tokenomics, waiting for the companion with it. Um, I mean, one of our good friends flipped a toe or flipped his cat for a toad yesterday to kind of get into, it. it's just a whole different space of owners. I think then if you view the toads guys, the punks kind of holders versus potentially cool cats is, is that new wave um, of people that have gotten in. So um, I'm very curious how the tokenomics and milk uh, will still play into it, but getting back to 10 for both of those projects, that's, that's still a lot that has to happen. It's a big jump. I know BD Maxi came out a, a month ago and said, cool cats and toads, we're going to flip apes within the month. I, on the show also said that eventually I, I think toads flip apes. I think I went as far as said that they, they'll flip punks. <laughs> that might've been, a I think they state. deleted that footage. Maybe uh, hopefully delete that. Um, you know, I think my takeaway from this past week is this, the community strength of BAYC is, is tough to match. It's, it's unmatched right now. I would go as far as saying. Um, so I think that will be a strong enough force to, to continue to propel them up the board. Um, and I think it's not a zero sum game, you know, toads can, can do well, cats can do well. And so can apes. So I think that's my, my current position on the matter. 
Well, let's, let's get into art blocks. We can still see some of those floors, some headlines. Fidenzas are down quite a bit, 15% on the week, sitting out at 113 floor. Ringers are actually up at 75. Uh, there's actually a, a punk, 4156 is out there saying, I'll, I'll trade a floor punk for a ringer. So if anyone is interested in that trade, go ahead and message him. Um, other than that, it's, it's continued bleeding. So we see elevated deconstructions at 50 archetypes down in the teens here coming down from as high as 40 or so subscapes down unigrids down it's pretty much the the same story all the way down i did the see just before we got on here sorry night bought a 90 ETH meridian um just before we went live here so yeah i saw that in the feed too i'm assuming it's some type of a, a grill at 10 yeah it's like a, it's, like, it's like fades down um as it goes it's it's uh, it's a cool one, I think. Um, I do have to jump, though. I know you're going sure. in with, with Ricky next. So just giving Matt heads up here that I'm going to be uh, stepping off and looking forward to listening to this interview. Sky, thanks for joining us as always. Of course. Talk to you soon, bud. Yep. I'll, I'll quickly take us through the rest of our blocks, and then we'll get to the interview here. So I just kind of stayed in the market. I was scrolling through the open projects page here primarily factory. I mean, it's a bit of a bloodbath. So these new projects are barely getting into the teens out of a thousand potential supplies. So, you know, these five haven't even gotten to a hundred yet. Amoeba just barely got past a hundred. So there's a much smaller minting pool out there in this market right now, Um, which, you know, it's a healthy reset, but certainly a lot of interest on when that is going to turn around. Um, But there are some big drops coming up um, so we've got Parade from Lauren Bedner is actually going live as we speak. Um, let's see. Okay, so 72 of the 1,000 have been minted. It's at the bottom price. So Lauren Bedner, his curated drop phase ran all the way up to a 23 floor. Um, a lot of hype around his next drop on, play, on Playground called Parade, but uh, a pretty slow auction. So we'll want to see how this one plays out. And then there's a big curated drop on Monday. Curated's back. We'll do a bigger preview on Monday's show. Um, it's called Edifice by Ben Kovac. Uh, some folks are saying there's some Fidenza-like vibes. That's a big, big statement. We'll see. But we'll go ahead and, and share some of the, the Rinkby tests on Monday in a deeper preview. But that takes us through uh, our segments. Let's go ahead and get to the second half of our show in an interview with Ricky Sanders. Ricky, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Well, thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm doing well. I mean, we are talking during, you showed all the red in the NFT market, which obviously isn't perfectly ideal. And yet I still feel like from, you know, taking the vibes of the community, especially with, you know, friends that were at ApeFest, that everyone's still on a positive note. So it really isn't like FUDFest, like you thought it might be seeing some of those numbers. ETH is up, so we're feeling good. I'm with you. I feel like some of the Discord and Twitter chatter, there was, there was some thud this week, but I think it was from folks who weren't at NFT NYC. <laughs> and maybe they were just angry that they weren't there. Um, but the vibes I've gotten from everyone who did attend and the immediate feedback was all green, bullish, you know, feeling, feeling good about where we're at. Yeah, um, exactly. And I, I must say, you know, I was in New York for a wedding uh, on Sunday and my wife was the one who 
was like, we have to go home. You can't leave me. And I know we've only been married for a few weeks, but it was the first I thought that maybe I could have a mistress here and that mistress <laughs> being, you know, ape fest, but uh, no, it's all good. Yeah. So did you check in on, on ape fest and the other, in the yacht party? What were your, uh, your reactions? So thoughts? I saw, yeah, I saw it on Twitter. It looked incredible. I I'm really upset that I was not there. It looked like a great uh, networking opportunity where you got to meet all the people who you follow on Twitter. You know, I've done Twitter spaces with Josh Ong. I've talked to a bunch of other apes, even in conjunction with this project, just getting their input. And so seeing them there and not being there was, was pretty brutal, but it looks like the function that was thrown. I mean, I'm never missing another one personally like uh, i gotta be there the next time i think that's the vibes that everyone got who wasn't there yeah it looks like just a, a sick sick party with some really big headliners so i mean so i think we've already alluded we've already been able to pick up a little bit that some of your ties to the nft community is through board apes maybe for our listeners who, who don't know you maybe give us some quick background and a little bit on your nft story kind of how you got you know into the to the market well, I was someone who missed Bitcoin, you know, in the early 2010s. I missed Ethereum. I missed a, a lot of that. And I followed people who I considered to, I even actually, by the way, missed out on like the early days of Daily Fantasy, like Star Street. Um, and so when Bales's article came out about NBA Top Shot, I just told myself, I'm not missing this one. And so like literally the day it came out, I did my research. I went on and I bought a bunch of like series one legendaries. And I just said, you know, I'm going in on this. And that was where my NFT journey started. And then, you know, watching NFT Twitter sort of expand to CryptoPunks, which I'm, I'm upset I didn't get in, but then Bored Apes. Um, I got in on Bored Apes the day after they minted from there. I mean, NBA Top Shot for me was kind of like the gateway to the rest of the NFT market. And from Bored Apes, I just sort of got it. So that that's where I started. But like many of the, the daily fantasy guys, who I'm sure are listening, like Bales is the one who, who turned me on to it. And I mean, NBA Top Shot is still something that, that I'm pretty passionate in. Of course, like there are still trials and tribulations. We would hope by series three that things would be working a little bit more smoothly, but I still get it on drops. I still have fun collecting and that's kind of how I feel about NFTs as a whole. Yeah, you know, it's, it's an interesting story and I feel like a lot of the DFS community probably shares a similar onboarding experience. I think Bales yeah. and his blog post about <laughs> NBA Top Shot was a big eye opener. I know I read the post and didn't act on it. You know, I was in the, the camp right away, kind of the common the square camp of you know, why does this YouTube clip have any value? <laughs> I sat on it for four, four to six weeks. And then Dirty Rush, who folks may know from the community, he actually kind of kept nudging me to get in. I got an NBA top shot right before it went up like 40%, hit the, the current top and then, and then started yeah. dropping, which I think a lot of folks got in right on when I did. Um, but then for me, I, I got into like hash mass and some of those, I thought that my bet was the NBA top shot community would absolutely get into NFTs. I placed my, some of my early bets in hash mass. That was a bit of a whiff. It turned out that I think you were right. It was more bored apes. Um, so you were a pretty big player in, in bored apes, so to speak. And I think you've also got uh, a bit of an infamous story to maybe tell us about uh, yeah. a sale you may regret yeah i've been flipping apes since back in the day and it really disgusts me to see the price of some of the apes that i had been on but i actually 
So I made a, a what I consider to be a longer term play on a trippy ape. And for anyone who's followed that market, um, at the time I bought one of the more expensive ones at 12 ETH. It was like 30 grand. And I called my dad to say, like, look, I made this play. Um, you know, he he had actually invested in some of the top shots with me. So I was like, if you wanted to throw some of the money in, like I would be open to that. And he ended up saying that he would take a portion. And that was the worst decision of my entire life. Cause every time I would, he understood top shot, like, okay, they're like trading cards. But every time I would talk to him, he'd be like, have we sold it yet? Have we sold it yet? Like, I don't want my money in this for that long. And I was like, well, I do. And so finally we got an offer of what turned out to be, I think it was like 36 ETH and a noise ape for it. And my dad's like, we have to take this. We took it. It ended up being like 42 ETH worth of value. Two weeks later, they were selling for 100 ETH, like flying off the shelves. And soon after that, we're talking million plus dollars. So, you know, we took home something like 100, 120 US, K US dollars. And if we had just waited a few more weeks, it would have been a significant difference. And given the price of ETH now, we're probably talking close to $2 million. So that one hurts. But hey, I mean, I stayed in the game. I still got multiples. I still have fun doing it. And you know, you make mistakes. What can you say? Yeah, you know, I of course that, that's brutal to hear, but I think any of us who, who were active in the space back when those products were launching probably have similar stories. And none of us had any yeah. idea of where the market would go. Um, I played apes on multiple occasions. I think I've bought and sold nine over the course of, of my kind of trading. And I, I don't hold any now. I, I sold off right before the, the peak surge there, um, unfortunately. But definitely hold them in, you know, the top tier, you know, a blue chip PFP and, and NFT projects. Um, yeah. Kind of curious to hear kind of where, where things have gone since then. So, you know, you're still holding apes, but, but clearly something kind of ticked in, in your mind, like, Hey, maybe we should think about creating a, a product of some kind. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So actually, um, I don't know if you remember Royal Society of Players or you ever got mm -hmm. into that. Um, it was, it is still around, by the way, a poker NFT project where there were 16 total jokers, which were like the, the holy grail for minting them. Because not only were they worthwhile and you could use them to you know, complete any hand, but you got access to a specific joker chat. And while I only held my joker, uh, by the way, I minted 40 for that project because I really did believe in it. I only held my Joker for 10 days, but during those 10 days, I got to know all the guys in the Joker chat. And one of them messaged me like, hey, you're a daily fantasy guy, right? It's like, yeah. It's like, well, I've been thinking about fantasy football and the blockchain. And this was before Own the Moment. This was before we had seen anything of fantasy football released. And so we, I mean, got to talking. I ended up selling the Joker, but we had been in touch since then. And we kind of had have had a long journey of finding the right developers, um, finding the right legal minds, which actually took a while and getting them to, to kind of make the assessment about what we can and cannot do. And I think how ours is different than a lot of people who have kind of, you know, spun their take on it is it's much closer to dynasty fantasy football, which is what I think people are looking for in terms of like the real deal fantasy. We've seen um, projects come out where you could, you know, mid teams. We've seen basically the loot uh, of fantasy football where they give you just like a team already made. But 
our take on it is you actually mint players and, you know, have a dynasty football team can trade them via NFT trader can buy and sell based on value. And you can also play them in weekly free contests. So our idea stems back to the, to the Royal society of players days. And we've kind of been working on it since then. Um, and honestly, the most difficult part so far has, has been finding the, the right legal team, uh, ones with experience with obviously professional football, having them kind of lay down the groundwork and then going from there, because anyone who's who's created an NFT project or if you're thinking of it, you really have to have everything thought out in terms of the contract before you even get started. You can't just say, like, I have ideas, let's change it. Like everything gets baked into that initial contract and you cannot start that until you have everything finalized. So it's been a long process. As I mentioned, we met back in July. We obviously still are not launched. There's been a lot of tech involved with it as well. But I think our idea, and if you've seen our artwork, by the way, which we started working on back then uh, as well, I think both our idea and our artwork is best and truest to what people will already be comfortable with. Yeah, well, a ton to unpack there. Um, <laughs> I'll work backwards. I, I, love, sure. I love the artwork. It, it looks great. Um, but starting with one of your initial comments on the Royal Society of Players and that Discord group, right? I think for those of our listeners who are new to this ecosystem, Discord and Twitter is the new LinkedIn. Like yep. For Web3, for blockchain, this is how like-minded folks are meeting each other, sharing ideas. You know, this is an amazing story, you know, from you that you were just chatting with some guys in an NFT project, right? That you had, you know, the, the same mindset to, to mint and buy. And then already, uh, you know, such a big idea has come from it. Um, you know, your, your comment on, you know, finding the legal advice, that's certainly not a surprise. It seems like <laughs> we're still in just such Wild West mode and there's so, so few like true, you know, experts, yeah. Um, so I guess how, how did you guys kind of go ab about that? You know, how did you seek out legal advice? If you don't mind sharing. Yeah, I don't mind sharing at all. I actually, um, from other networking opportunities, uh, I wonder if you've been to some of these, these Chicago get togethers for like daily fantasy guys, uh, Matt Riddle's run a few of them. Have you been to any of those? I haven't. Okay. Yeah. There's I'm very curious. Yeah, there's been a few of them. Like Andy Barons has been to them. Uh, Evan okay. Silva's been to them. Like I've networked with all those guys. And at those events, I met a guy who is now legal counsel for MGM who had a vast network of legal counsels who he could uh, hook us up with. And it just so happens that he hooked us up with the former legal counsel for the DC United, someone who has uh, defended actual professional football players in uh, what was what was the uh, scandal with uh, the Saints? A bounty gate is is where mm. he defended some players in. So it just so happened that we used a, a network that I met via different networking in Chicago to kind of find the right guy for the, for the job. That's a really cool story. <laughs> um, I have not been to the the draft the daily fantasy meetups. I'm definitely like a tier. I'm in the bottom tier. <laughs> well, no, it was for, I'm a it fringe. Was for, it was for everyone. It was just like, there, it was an open uh, invitation at like a bar uh, on Sheffield. I forgot what it was called, but yeah, it was just like an open invitation for anyone who, who like liked fantasy in general to come hang out. Nice. Well, we're glad that worked out. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the product. So we understand you're minting players. It's a dynasty league. I'm going to pull up the website, the NFT league.io. And I understand you guys are doing an overhaul of the site, but maybe, get us into one the next level of detail about how this is all going to work 
Yeah, so how it's going to work is we will have three weekly contests. Um, basically, what we had to think through is how do we make it fair for everyone? How do we make it fair for someone who wants to come in and they want to, you know, buy their way to uh, the grand prize week? And how do we make it fair to, to, you know, the average Joe who just wants to buy a few of them and have fun on a weekly basis? So we will have three different weekly contests per week. Um, within those contests, you can only use a token once and you can only use a player ID once. And the way this works is where you are on the screen right now. So as you can see, you will have Miami running back 37. And then, you know, obviously on a week to week basis throughout the, the course of a player's entire career, you will get the stats associated with Miami running back 37 while you have that player. There are multipliers involved, but the way uh, we've solved this is multipliers are only available to use in one of our three contests, which you can use four NFT athletes within that contest. There will be another contest weekly where you use four NFT athletes, but you cannot use multipliers, meaning that if someone were to get, you know, the highest multiplier Kansas city quarterback 15, he would be great to use in that multiplier contest, but he's just Kansas City quarterback 15 in the other contest. And then we have a contest weekly where you only need two. So we are rewarding people for just minting two of them and just having two guys to play. And we will post uh, the rules for these contests weekly. We don't envision the, the four-person contest, the rules changing quarterback and three flex. But, you know, to reward different holders on a week-to-week -week basis, we do anticipate the two-player changing where there'll be different um, position groups highlighted on a week to week basis. So let's say you mint Kansas city tight end 87. Well, if there's a week that you're you know forced to use tight ends um, that will make it more valuable because obviously, you know, then the, the top wide receivers uh, can't be used in that spot. So there's, there's multiple ways to win. And by the way, each one of those three contests are free to enter and we'll have payouts um, that we expect to be about a hundred people deep per week, hundred entries deep per week. So in order to join all four, that's four, four, and two, that's 10 NFT athletes that you need to join them, or you can just join one. That's the, that's the thing about this is you could kind of just pick and choose how you want to, you know, basically attack your dynasty. Uh, and I think there's also going to be ways to attack, like how you feel about players. Certainly you could just mint one. And if you get a young player, you could hang on to him and, and, you know, as his statistics get better, call it, you know, uh, Jacksonville quarterback, you can hang on to him. You can move him later. Um, you can certainly play for now, play for later. There's going to be different game theory built within this game because it is dynasty that we're honestly looking forward to see how the market reacts to. And beyond that, we have solutions for uh, retired players because I feel like that's like the first question that people ask. Okay, if I'm getting a player, how does that work? Well, you could simply burn your token for a free mint of a rookie, you know, the, the following season. Um, so that solves that. And then in terms of what if a player gets injured? Well, we are preloading a waiver wire liquidity pool with some ETH where you could go ahead and, you know, put a uh, Tennessee running back 22 in that liquidity pool. If you want to play for now, pick up another player and, and kind of, you know, go back to the waiver wire in the future when your player is not injured. So we have a whole bunch of different ways to kind of make it like real life dynasty fantasy football. And then we've obviously got, you know, the, the player pools uh, and prizes on a weekly basis. Yeah. I mean, I had to compliment you all. It seems like you've really thought this out. Like yeah. you, you've thought through you know, the injuries, the, the retirement. Um, so just let me play this back to you so that I understand sure. it. So someone mints a few of the players, they have the option to play in the weekly contests. They're yep. free to enter. So essentially why not? Exactly. Right. And then I think there's, 
the second piece is the dynasty aspect, yep. right? And watching these players' growth and value accrue over time. But then there's the whole the NFT marketplace, which is the wild card here, and yep. what separates this right from every other existing dynasty fantasy football league that already exists, right? Exactly. And the short-term dynamics of being able to flip players for profit, maybe maybe able to pick up, um, you know, multiple. So it's really interesting. My head's already spinning on some of the game theory. And uh, I haven't even I haven't even given you the full picture in the sense that I kind of buried the lead. Everyone who wins the specific tournament on a week to week basis will be entered into a week 17 contest uh, where board ape 410 will be the grand prize. And just to reward the people even further for minting two, uh, mutant ape number 10944 you will be able to compete in a contest week 17. It's basically like a qualifier if you mint two of them is you are automatically entered for that tournament to potentially win uh, Mutant Ape number 10944. So we are really rewarding people for minting multiples because that's what you need uh, to fill a roster. Obviously, you know, our, our, our minimum roster. So we, we kind of just want to guide people there and give them as much motivation as possible to get them to two instead of one. These are huge prizes, right? So, I mean, mutant apes are over 15 grand right now, USD. I don't know this particular ape. I mean, it's a pretty sharp ape with the pipe and the BAYC merch there, certainly above floor. So, yeah. you know, upwards of 150 to 200K. So that's a, a real prize. So how do you qualify for that? If you win one of the weeklies, you are entered into the week 17. Correct. You have three chances to win each week um, because there's three contests. So if you win one of the three contests on a week to week basis, you'll be entered for that grand prize week. By the way, if there are ties, because that is certainly possible with multiple mints of each player, even though we're trying to keep obviously the best players rarer. Um, but if there is a tie in week 17, we will carry that over to week 18. And for this um, board ape, if you tie again in week 18, we will split a 50 ETH valuation for it. So uh, we, we obviously can't like split the ape. I guess we could if we use fractional, but I, I'm not sure people would appreciate that as opposed to just getting you know the, the split ETH value. So we would automatically pay you the ETH value split. Let's say it's three way, you know, 50 divided by three to the three winners. I think what's also curious and interesting about this too is the, you know, somewhat of a PFP dynamic right? yeah. in the actual nft right so we've we've got top shot they've got own the moment where you can do you know daily tournaments there with with prizes um but those are just using top shot moments these are nfts they're 3d they're cool looking you can use them as your, your pfp so i guess how do you think your your user base will be thinking with that lens and actually you know caring about the PFP aspect, or do you think it's more, you know, we're just here for the dynasty league and, and grinding the daily tournaments or, or do you think it's both? So the reason that we did it this way is so we don't have to make that assumption is that people can come in for their variety of reasons. Um, I think the typical NFT profile picture grinders will come to this project because we have 3d, you know, halo looking figures who in themselves look like they've taken a ton of time, which they have to kind of make these profile pictures and you could rock those. And then you have the people who will come from the fantasy industry who will understand that aspect of it. So the goal was to kind of 
bring those two facets together so we didn't have to sort of guess. We could just, you know, people can kind of have what's important to them be what's important to them with this project. And, and that's why we kind of wanted to get the art right. We wanted to get the tech right. We wanted to get it all right so we could kind of a, a appeal to more than just if we only got, you know, half of it right or three quarters of it right. Um, so I think the profile picture aspect is a big deal. By the way, um, we can now customize these to your liking um, pretty quickly. So next week, what we're going to be doing is if you go on our Twitter and you join our Discord, you tweet at us and you donate $50 to the CTE Foundation, which I'm going to tweet, uh, we will make it your own custom uh, you know, NFT athlete profile picture just for donating some money to there. So we're going to hopefully raise some money and do some good through this. Um, obviously we are talking football here. There are some side effects to football. And if we could do anything along the way, just from an NFT to do good, you know, us taking a few minutes to, to kind of customize profile pictures is no big deal. So again, minimum of 50 bucks next week. I'll, I'll announce it on my Twitter. We'll announce it on this Twitter, but we will give you a custom profile picture. If you go ahead and donate. That's very cool. I love the, the charity aspect to it. It's something I certainly look for in, in new projects. Um, you know, back to the to the PFP concept. I, I do think there's certainly a user base who thinks the cartoon JPEGs are silly, yeah. right? But I could see them identifying with this and certainly identifying with their their dynasty team. So I'm really cool. I'm really excited to see how it plays out. But certainly, you're entering now a, a larger sports NFT market and ecosystem. Kind of, what are your thoughts on the the sports market? right now with you know, top shot so where others and then we can kind of get into that just the overall market yeah i mean i think we're only at the tip of the iceberg in terms of what can be done even like just talking top shot specifically i don't think we're anywhere near like all the uh, use cases that we're going to see like we've begun to see them enter NBA stadiums, but I mean, I think we're going to get to the point where like, if you're top, top collectors for a specific team, like you are going to get tickets more often, there are going to be ways to, you know, if you're the top collector for say LaMelo ball, like you're going to be able to get benefits, whether it's, you know, interacting with him online or in person, I think we're just at the tip of the iceberg there. And, you know, certainly for the fantasy aspect, um, you know, back in the day, it was rotisserie fantasy is when they created it, you know, in a like little, uh, chicken restaurant and certainly you know they were doing it by hand and it exploded now you've got ESPN Yahoo daily fantasy etc so I think we're at the rotisserie chicken level of the fantasy world as well and one thing I forgot to mention um, that I, I haven't seen any other projects doing is we're gonna we actually just acquired and part of the reason that this process is taking a little longer is the uh, technology to do simulations in the off season. So people are going to ask like, what happens to my token once the season is over? Well, we're still going to be running a contest and hopefully we're going to have it where people hang out in our discord and you can follow along with the statistics as a full weekend of NFL football is simulated. And then we'll still have prizes for you in the off season. So basically your token does not fall to zero um, and there's still fun use cases. And by the way, that's before we talk about the other sports that we've been using. So uh, I see, you know, us in the beginning, I see Top Shot in the beginning. I see every one of these sports NFTs in the beginning. I've already seen uh, sites talking about doing like, um, uh, like casinos and, uh, you know, uh, sports books on the blockchain, which I'm not sure how that's going to work, especially in the United States. There's a reason we've stayed away from all that sort of stuff, but I've seen people start talking about doing that. So I think we are in, 
we are truly in the beginning of sports NFT specifically. I think we've gotten a little bit further in terms of the NFT industry as a whole. Um, you know, we're, we're not in the true beginning days anymore, but sports, we are still in, in infancy. Yeah, I think we're seeing it even in sports, right? The first wave of NFTs, you know, maybe it was just artwork or, you know, the picture is what you got, but quickly the market is demanding utility, economic, financial gain, decentralized finance. So we're seeing that mix everywhere. So you touched on the casinos. One of the products I'm in actually, Monkey Bet Dow, the, the owners will be running uh, decentralized casinos offshore yeah. um, and that they're able to, to get the proceeds using the MM token. Um, you mentioned, you know, utility in NBA top shot. So I mean, I've collected almost all the bulls players hoping that I'll be able to get bulls tickets, right. As potential utility or at least a special lounge right, uh, in the United center somewhere. And then what you guys are doing essentially is play to earth, right? Like this is P2E NFT gaming, which folks haven't heard those buzzwords yet. You will. It is absolutely what a lot of folks think will be the biggest use case or, or market for NFTs in the future. Yeah. And the thing about ours is it'll be immediate. Once we launch, we have these contests, which is why we've kind of taken the time to, to get it right. So when we say we're launching, this isn't like, oh, we're promising you a DAO or a token or anything in the future. This is once you mint your token and we know the market conditions are tougher now than they were a month ago. Well, on each week, you can win back more than or equal to the amount of ETH that you spent on the token, which should give people some solace that, hey, this one stands out above the others because I do have the play to earn ability pretty quickly. Yeah, I was going to ask you, you know, how you feel about launching in these market conditions. Certainly a launch now is, is definitely a different feel than it would have been, say, three to four weeks ago. Uh, but I mean, you, you mentioned the P2E piece. That's certainly big. Any other, you know, thoughts or, you know, how the, how your team has been kind of thinking about launching? Yeah. I mean, we're, we've always been in this for the long term, envisioning that we could expand to other sports, that we will have future drops, et cetera. So we're not just your average profile picture that closes the set. And that's that, like there will always be more players coming into professional football that we could focus on and have their statistics tied to. So we've adjusted to market conditions where we expected to be just a 0.08 with 10,000 supply. Um, we have adjusted that and we haven't announced the final numbers, but I can tell you, we've come down on price and we've come down on supply a little bit to kind of just make our, our community happy. We don't have uh, you know, a board ape level community at this point. We do expect that the people in our community are, you know, the ones that are engaged now, certainly to stay engaged, but those who come in to have, you know, fun contests on a weekly basis, we just want to make our community a fun one for those who are in it to start. And we always have the ability to expand from there. So we've kind of taken, you know, the look that we're going to build something awesome for the people who are loyal to us. And then from there, we expect it to you know, spread word of mouth as market conditions become better. We can go from there. We'll have ETH 2.0, but we've been working too hard on this to put it off any longer. So as soon as we get tech, um, 100% functional. We're going to drop it because we're we're passionate about it, and we think we will meet you know fair market conditions that everyone will appreciate um, comparatively to our initial thought. Yeah, and I mean a differentiator from your team. If you've got the game ready to go, right, yeah. and right after minting, folks are ready to enter the contests. I mean that's that's utility. That's your PDE. It's ready to go right there. So certainly you can feel good about that. You know, I am curious long term. So of course, getting the this off the ground, getting the week 17 is of course, you know, the, the primary focus 
any other big pieces on the longer term roadmap that, that you can share at this point? Yeah, so we definitely by season two want to have the ability for people to create their own personal contest. So we want, you know, call it your group of friends, call it, you know, me and seven other board apes, etc, where we could kind of set, you know, however much ETH we want to all put in and just have it kind of dished out at the end of the week and have them kind of be like, you know, uh, things, side games that you see on other sites. So we want everyone to have the ability to, within their network, play their own weekly contest. That is definitely the big one. And besides that, I mean, we are going to look at the legality of these other sports because statistics have been ruled public domain. We do feel good that if we use no name or likeness involved with any sport, that we can just use the statistics and basically what is a generic profile picture that doesn't have, you know, any team usage that we should be able to do that for any sport. So once football's done, we will have the simulations, which we think is a cool aspect. We should be able to have that for all sports. And that is, you know, when we start expanding to the others and also improving our football product to have customization for our users as well. So we've got customization, we've got potentially multiple sports, and then maybe even a decentralized dynasty fantasy marketplace. Yeah. On, on the blockchain. I love it. It's incredibly innovative. It's a really cool idea. I'm excited for this one. I'll be definitely uh, paying attention to the mint and drop. Um, and there's a good chance that I, I get in the mix here as well. Cause this is, uh, this is, you've, you've got me excited for sure, Ricky. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate uh, that. Certainly appreciate your time. Any final comments or anything you want to leave us with ahead of the drop? Any details? Um, yeah. I mean, we uh, are selling this as membership based is that a token comes with a lot of aspects of the membership. And one thing I have not mentioned yet is we do have an ex-professional football player who has agreed to come weekly and talk fantasy football, football in general with, uh, with our user base. He said he may quote, have some friends that join him can only guarantee we have one, but it would be fun to see multiples there, but that is part of the membership to the NFT league in the, in the community. Very, very cool. Um, well, for our listeners, go ahead and follow Ricky Sanders, R Sanders DFS on oh, Twitter. I should mention, go if you uh, join our Discord, discord.gg slash the NFT league, we have a whitelist open right now. We are hoping to sell a large portion of the initial mint via the whitelist. So if you go there and you whitelist, we can, we can obviously get you on board. You, that guarantees up to four NFT athletes before public. And you know what the way that... Uh, that gas fees are right now, you'd like to have the 48 hours to kind of pick and choose when you can do that. And also um, I'd like to give away a free NFT athlete from this show. So if you go ahead and you join the discord and you tweet at the NFT league saying that you came from this show, we will give you uh, one lucky winner and a free NFT athlete mint, which means we'll just, you know, kind of airdrop it to you after we are done. So again, go to the, at the NFT league on Twitter, uh, tweet us, Make sure you're, you are in the Discord because we will verify that. And assuming you've done both and you came from this show, you got a shot at a free NFT athlete. We love it. Well, very gracious. Thank you for the giveaway. Certainly we're excited. So go out there, get on their Twitter. We'll post all this in our show notes. We'll, we'll post the, the details on the giveaway as well so everyone can see it. Go get in their Discord and learn more about the project and start to fill out the community. Ricky, certainly appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us here today. Of course. Thanks for having me. All right, for the listeners, that is it. That's our show for today. Thanks to my main man, Skyhook, for kicking us off. And, of course, Ricky for the interview. 
Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next Monday at 11 a.m. Central. Till then, stay safe in those NFT streets. Goodbye.